0: This episode of the Side Alpha podcast is sponsored by EF Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. As a leader in mission critical communications for more than 90 years, we have made it our mission to make safe simple.
1: This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha podcast putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now, here's the executive editor of FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com, Chief Chief Mark Bayshore.
2: Joining us on the Side Apple Podcast today is Deputy Chief Ian Emmons. Chief Emmons is the Chief of Operations for the Washington Township Fire Department in Dayton, Ohio. He's also a content developer for Lexapol. Chief Emmons sits on the safety, health, and survival section of the IAFC and is an IAFC professional committee member. And he serves in the education as the education committee chair for the IFE USA. And he sits on multiple NFPA technical committees while also contributing to FireRescue1.com. Chief, what do you do with your spare time? Well, thank you for that intro,
1: and thanks for having me on the, the podcast. It's an honor, and I'm looking forward to the discussion. Um, you know, I, I have a really, really supportive family structure. My wife and I, I have a four-year-old daughter, and we have a son on the way in February as well. Oh, Lord. So we, yeah, we, um, we do our best to to have that uh, work-life balance. And, and a lot of the things that I do on the side, fortunately, all kind of blend together. All of those things have, have so many... Common factors to them and and how they relate back into my fire department I'm able to to always bring those back into the fire department, so it's just kind of an extension of work and then I have my home life and my family and I just try to spend as much time
2: with them as possible absolutely and so I appreciate you taking time to to be with us today that work life balance is extremely important and something that uh, a lot of us in the fire service uh, could uh, could do a better job at there's there's uh no doubt about it. So I appreciate you taking that time. You recently penned an article on millennial leadership for us on Fire Rescue One, uh, specifically about fostering a, a new crop of leaders. And in that, uh, you talk about something that I've mentioned many times, and that's uh, essentially about continuity planning. Uh, in in this particular case, it's specific to what asking. It's it's specific to asking the question. What have we done to prepare the millennials to become today's and tomorrow's leaders? So I wanted to ask you, what really is the problem? What is it we're trying to solve and, and what do we need to do?
1: Yeah, so I, I think that
2: every fire department
1: across the, the country and North America and, and probably all over the world to some degree uh, does this a little bit differently. And some are, are really successful and then others um, aren't, you know, and and I think that comes back to a lot of things and the, the fire service is heavily built on tradition. And, you know, in the past, the, the tradition and the experiential factor has, has been such a heavy role in developing our leaders. You know, you, you have the legacy uh, buildings and you have these buildings that will stand for a long time. And as we we grew up in the fire service, we were able to fight fire for longer periods of time and we were able to, to cut our teeth on the experiential side and that's kind of what gave you your uh feather in the cap or that's what allowed you to uh you know mark yourself as a potential leader and then you tried to develop all those soft skills as you kind of uh climbed that chain of command but that initial entry level on that lieutenant side for the most part or captain depending on where you're at in the country is really built on the experiential side and unfortunately uh, the millennial generation really at the the mid midway point because I'm a, a millennial but I'm on the top end, uh, you know. So th- those that are around that 31, 32, 33 and below, they really haven't gotten that opportunity, uh, you know, with the the lightweight construction and the uh, synthetic building materials and furniture and, and all of those things. We don't really have those opportunities to to fight fire the same way we did. Thus those individuals aren't cutting their teeth the same way. Thus, we don't have that experiential factor. Uh, you know, so all of those are, are pretty objective things in general, but then it kind of goes, the, the problem lies in both the perception of of the the generational differences, but also um, the motivations that the millennial generation and Gen Z uh, are, who are on the, the low, low end are coming in with and, and how those differ from, the the Xers that are on the job and then even some of the boomers that are on the job still uh, you know so the pro- problem really lies in perception a lot of times and and what is motivating us to to go to that next level and even further than that if those members are given that opportunity uh, sometimes uh you know just younger individuals are stifled they're told to, to sit down and shut up um and and that's a really difficult way to grow for this generation Whereas those Xers and those Boomers, that's how they grew up. That's how they learned in the fire service. Whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, it, it was the way things were done in a lot of places. Sure. So unfortunately, that's the the problem that we're dealing with now. Is we're trying to continue doing what we've always done in the fire service, even though it's not working any longer.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, you think about the over the years, the change from leather helmets from rubber boots, from riding back steps and how long we held on to those traditions everywhere we were uh, and how each one of those, um, for one reason or another, usually related to either some event or some NFPA um, standard change, slowly we have evolved, but you're right. it is you know an interesting dynamic to think of old school versus new school so yeah great uh great insights there as to what the the problem is as we look at millennials though you you kind of touched on it they have different motivations and they really do have different value sets so the question i've got for you now is you know how are those motivations and values of millennials different from I'll say us older, more experienced uh, folk, you know what what is the what is the difference, and and how do we as older chiefs and older firefighters recognize those differences and then react to
1: them? Yeah, so I mean, in particular, with uh, diving into this type of question, and and I've presented on this, and I've written on this and the the one thing you you have to kind of do in particular when you're dealing with something like generational differences and value sets and motivations you you sort of have to paint with a broad brush so i don't want to offend anybody out there there's certainly millennials that are old souls that have been in the fire service for a really long time you know there's a 38 year olds that can be millennials they're just on the the top end and there's certainly exers that have millennial traits so when, when i talk about this a lot of times i'm painting with a broad brush so i'll just kind of start it out by saying that but i think the 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 easy answer to your question is just that it's the experience it's the experiences that we have uh, both in the fire service but also in our personal life and the worlds we grew up in and we're seeing this even more pronounced with the the z generation uh because they're growing up in an even crazier time um in society and and so the experiences that we had growing up and then the experiences we had as we got into the fire service, those have really shaped our values and motivations. And, you know, in a perfect world, as those values and motivations of the individuals were shaped, the fire departments would have changed as well. Uh, but kind of, you know, a call back to the last uh, comments that we were making. The problem is, is that we've we've continued to try to stick with the paradigm that the fire service is built on. And we're not acknowledging maybe all the time or as much as we should that those values and motivations of some of our members have changed. So I would say, you know, one of the the big things that the, the millennial generation brings to the table in terms of values and motivations is their their desire. It's not even just their being okay with it, but their desire for that inclusion and that diversity, because that's been something that has been ingrained in them from the, the get-go. Um they didn't live through some of the civil era times that the the Xers and the Boomers did um, that really allowed them to shape who they were, but maybe after they were not children, you know. So the millennial generation and the Z generation they've really come up in this new, inclusive, and diverse society, and they're really looking for that. So as us as fire departments continue to try to push those notions and continue to try to push those programs, we want to make sure that we tap into those millennials and those Zs because they have it ingrained in the fabric of who they are. So their insights into how we can approach some of those programs are really going to be insightful uh, for the the department, and we're able to to tap them and really gain that their – their youth and and their upbringing as a a really great source we can change as a fire service. Um, One of the other big things, and this is something that I kind of went through uh, being a a really young union member. I got hired full time when I was 21 years old. I was really fortunate to do that. And I can remember sitting in the first couple union meetings as we were talking about um, negotiations and the, the Xers, the older guys and girls in the room were very focused on the the monetary side of that and the insurance side of that um you know and and i can just remember saying like i want the time off and that has really persisted through really they're looking for fit over benefits so they want the the time off to spend with their family they want the time off to spend with the the people that they they enjoy time with and they want to also uh, feel like they fit into the organization as well. So really the beneficial side or the benefit side of the, the job in terms of the monetary value, the, the income and the, the insurance base, all of those things aren't things that they're necessarily looking at. They're looking for fit in the, the actual fire department and the organization, but they're also looking for um, the, the organization to fit into their life. And that's something that wasn't necessarily the the theme of the, the older generation as I have risen through the ranks. Um, so that, that's that's one of the big things that I see continuing today. And then, um, you know, I think the, the other side is is their their desire for that collaborative work. Um, you know, the, they've been collaborative throughout their school years. They've been collaborative if they've gone to college. Their, their entire life has been about interacting with other people, albeit sometimes that's over the internet um, and that's over that digital side, but still they're they're very often collaborating with other people um so it's not necessarily just that small unit leadership that we have to approach them with it's it's how to um, empower them and engage them on a department si- you know size level.
2: yeah, so you touched on something there that I want to circle back to, and that's the internet. Uh, you, you know, Generation Z really is the first generation to essentially uh, have had all of the information they could ever want at their fingertips from the day they were born. And I think back to my son growing up and how then I think back to my uh, time growing up when I would go out and, and, and play until the streetlights came on and that's when I knew it was time to come home and you know there there was no internet. Uh, there were no computers and my friends were within the sphere of my neighborhood or uh, at the school that I went to and as my son grew up and, and he's in the uh, essentially in the Z's here as he grew up I would come in at two o'clock in the morning because I'd hear a noise (laughs) and he'd be on the computer talking to somebody in Germany. (laughs) So the you know, the uh, dynamic that the Internet has brought to this generation, not only from the perspective of their um, from the perspective of. Their motivations and but but their access to information and their access to the different the, the diversity that you talked about and the inclusiveness that uh, the fire department of old didn't have. How does let's dive just a little bit more into that? How does that really change who they are and how they interact with uh, the fire department, whether it's training or whatever?
1: So there's definitely some some pros and there's some cons to, to that characteristic of both the millennial generation on the younger side and then the disease as well. So the, the pros are, are certainly trying to um, engage them on that technological side. We, you know, Fire Rescue One uh, is a perfect example of that with the, the LMS and trying to make sure that those things run as fluidly as possible. If you have a training battalion or a training officer that is much older and they really don't have those competencies or they don't really have the desire to gain those competencies, um, in the past, that has been seen as something that, that you're not going to do. You're going to really try to work on that battalion or that, that training officer to make sure that they have the, the skill set. And sometimes they, they gain it and sometimes they don't. And I think that being able to tap those young members who show that prowess for technolo- uh, technology and they're technologically adept and tapping them to, to work outside of maybe a normal function that they would have in the, the past fire service. If you had a year on the job, you're certainly not getting pulled into the training division to help, you know, get uh, an LMS off the, sure. the floor. But we have that ability now, you know, yeah. it, it's not something it wasn't used in the past because the, the training division wasn't on the technological side, but now it is. So we have to be able to to evolve with that as well. So that's certainly a, a huge plus there their ability, um, you know, one of the things that every fire department I've ever worked for, and probably every organization outside of the fire service as well, that that they struggle with is communications. And, you know, you always hear, uh, you know, I didn't read that email, or I didn't see that email, or I didn't see that message, um, you know, whatever it may be. But we're fortunate that we have this younger cast of employees who, you know, they're already tuned into that. And we don't have to worry about them missing those digital communications. So, you know, realistically, we should be able to push those on a on a broader scale out to our membership, and a, and you know, feel comfortable that they got the message. So there's a lot of benefits to um, engaging them on that technological side and their their ability to to help out with the the functions of the fire department that are relying upon that. But we do see some cons to that as well, and and we do see uh, the fire service and and public safety in general has always been um synonymous with you know alpha personalities and people that are extremely um outgoing and um extroverts and now we're seeing a a really um fine mix of introverts and extroverts that maybe wasn't quite as prevalent in the past And a lot of that comes from um the communication styles that our young members have and that's that's an uphill battle that we're we're, we've been fighting we're still fighting and we're going to continue to fight we have to find ways with our young members that are face-to-face and that's brought to a head whenever there's um, even constructive criticism, not criticism itself, but even constructive criticism and how they accept that and how that either builds them up or breaks them down, Um, evaluations, things of that nature. So we really have to to change the way that we try to communicate with them because they are so used to and so comfortable communicating over a computer or over a cell phone. Um, And then the the other con that we see with that is not as many uh, members of our fire department, frankly, uh, come in with those uh, hands-on practical skill sets. You know, we, we have members um, at fire departments that I've worked for in the past and uh, that, that don't understand the difference between a fuel-injected and a carbureted, you know, engine. And sure. that's something that in the past, you know, if you – If you couldn't get the chainsaw to start you know you could figure out if it was flooded you could figure out if it was a spark plug issue you could troubleshoot some of those things because you were just brought up and you had that practical sense about that and we have members that just don't necessarily have that mechanical competency that mechanical knowledge anymore because they have been so engaged on the technological side. So, you know, we take the good with the bad and we have to find ways to empower them. We have to find ways to lift them up and engage them in the areas that they're already strong. So they keep getting stronger in that way. But we also have to find ways to help them along and teach them and make them confident in the areas that they struggle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I appreciate that there's the the positives and the uh, not so positives of the digital age and I think back to when I worked at the training academy, the uh, most technically advanced person I was looking for was somebody that knew how to operate the mimeograph machine. And if you don't know what a (laughs) mimeograph machine is, look it up. You'll figure it out.
0: We'd now like to take a brief moment to recognize our sponsor, EF Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. When the mission is critical, no one has time for complexities. Kenwood's Viking FireSafe software enhances communication awareness in a dynamic fire scene environment, allowing firefighters to focus on the mission at hand. We know that you rely on radio communications as your lifeline. That's why Kenwood is committed to providing you high-quality P25 portable and mobile radios that are easy to use. We make safe simple. Visit us online at www.efjohnson.com. To
2: the next question, and that's uh, generation gaps between, you know, the different generations that are out there. So, let's talk about those strategies. How do we bridge uh, both the real and the proverbial gaps uh, with these new crops of leaders to make, you know, not make them succeed, but to give them the opportunity to succeed?
1: So, I've, I've said it uh, quite a few times, and, and I tend to say it quite a bit whenever I'm presenting on this, and it's the the two ideas of empowerment and engagement. And, and what I'm suggesting here isn't a flat organizational structure, obviously, that you know the, the fire service chain of command is what it is for a very specific and good reason, but I think that we need to try to maybe look outside of that chain of command in some sense, and, and I kind of hinted to that before uh, with the training division and engaging some of our young members that, that are technologically adept. Find ways to engage them in things that they're passionate about, because if you are able to engage your young members on the things that they really like, you've just bought yourself some credit with them to help try to get them more comfortable and confident with some of the things that maybe they aren't as inclined to do. You know, at the base level, the base competency, we want people coming through that have good character and have good integrity, but they also have the physical capability of fighting a fire. And if you're in a fire based EMS uh, organization, you want them to have that ability to, to handle the types of stresses that EMS providers handle. So those are like that foundational. But beyond that, you have to look for for the bright spots in each of our people. And you got to figure out how, how we can engage them and empower them to, to be as great as they can be. But that's also going to help them with that confidence level so they're able to venture out a a little bit more outside of the box for themselves to engage them in things that they maybe, you know, weren't inclined with before. And I think that that's really important. And that, that comes back to, and it depends on the size of your organization, but that comes back to the officers and the senior members to make sure that they're getting to know their young members. Again, going back to that whole fit thing, our young members want to make sure that they fit in and that they're part of the the organization and that they're valued um, and that they have a seat at the table. And that doesn't mean they have to have a seat at the table on a fire ground when they have no experience on a fire ground. But if they do have experience in something we're doing in the firehouse, we should probably listen to them. Sure. Um, and that's going to certainly allow them to, to feel like they're valued and that's going to be helpful. And then the, really the the thing that's made the the most tremendous impact on me and my career. And then I, you know, I'm still pretty young in the career 14, 15 years on the job and, and I'm still really young, um, in the fire service, man, I'm fortunate to, to sit where I am. And it's because I had a really great set of mentors that got to know me. And then they were able to point me in the right direction. They were able to, they were able to, um, teach me the, the hard skills that maybe I didn't have at the time, but more importantly, they were able to teach me the soft skills that I needed to develop and the, the way I needed to act and in the firehouse and the way I needed to act as a company officer and then as a battalion chief. And really being able to, to find those mentors was, you know, a career saver for me and, in the sense that um, I did want to promote through and I did want to make sure that I was making an impact on the organization. And I've, I've only been able to do that because I was able to match my drive With a really great set of mentors and us as established fire service officers or senior firefighters, we need to make sure that as we identify the strengths and weaknesses in our young members that we're trying to set them up with mentors and coaches and advocates so they can learn those skills. You know, the fire service is full of traditions and some of them are really great and some of them aren't, but we want to make sure that those really great ones stick around. And the only way we're going to do that is our boomers and our extras retire is to teach the young members those really great things, but also allow them to mold the fire service on the other side where they have really great things about them.
2: Yeah, no, good stuff. So as we uh, we get to close here, before we close, I want to ask you, uh, and you've touched on some of this, uh, quite a bit of this, but as we look forward to uh, Generation Z and then Generation Alpha, Uh, that will be the next people coming into the fire service. What should today's leaders, regardless of what generation they're from, what should today's leaders be doing, uh, other than some of us (laughs) hold your life, what should today's (laughs) leaders be doing as we look towards our grandchildren taking over?
1: You know, I, I think goal setting. You know, the the fire service has changed rapidly in the last 15 years, and it's going to continue to change even more rapidly. I think keeping a really um, pragmatic view of the fire service and trying to, instead of resist change, adapt to it and embrace it and, and make sure that we're communicating those things and kind of going back to those traditions The fire service has traditions that are 100 years old that are still applicable and pertinent today. And we have to make sure that those are institutionalized with our young members and all of our officers now. So they still exist through the Z and through the alpha generation. But again, we need to make sure that all of those challenges that are currently unmet, that we're figuring out ways that we don't necessarily have to solve them today. But we have to teach our our young members the skill set in order to develop them to where they're able to solve them. So I think it's really just investing in your, your members and whether they're 50 years old or whether they're 20 years old, invest in your members and invest in their development and invest in their growth. Increase your bench strength, whether it's at the firefighter rank or the, the fire apparatus driver rank or at the chief officer rank. Invest in them, increase that bench strength, because, again, as we get the right leaders in the right places now and teach them how we went about doing that, they're going to be able to do the same thing. Um, the changes in the the generations and the changes in the characteristics those don't matter if you have a really good understanding on how you build somebody up. I think those soft skills are uh, you know applicable across all generations.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely, good stuff. We've been talking with uh, Deputy Chief Ian Emmons from the Washington Township Fire Department in Dayton, Ohio, and also Alexa Poll, uh, content developer. I want to. Uh, hit some takeaways from our discussion Um, in no particular order, per se. But number one, takeaway number one, tradition and experience was old school. Uh, Now we're in new school learning and today's construction uh, and a lot of the fire safety elements that we've built into our systems doesn't provide the experiential learning that a lot of us grew up with. So, that's a new school way of doing things. Uh, is a lot of what this uh, conflict, if you will, you see a lot of times that people conflict with millennials. It isn't as much about uh, uh, a difference between the digital uh, generation. It's much more about that experiential learning versus not. Uh, That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, uh, we need to acknowledge that the values and motivations have changed for these people and that is in a lot of cases about the digital age. Number three, society as a whole is much more inclusive and diverse than the fire department of old was used to. And just the way you said that in there, it, it, it caught it for me as an important takeaway. Number four, looking, uh, I'm sorry, number four, millennials in a lot of cases are looking for the organization to fit into their life instead of the other way around and i know that when i came in i was absolutely looking for my life to fit into the organization so that's an, an interesting uh, takeaway in comparison uh, takeaway number 5 we need to empower and engage our people thinking about ways to look outside of the change of uh, i'm sorry outside of the chain of command and while we're doing that we need to be looking for the bright spots in our people and then finally uh, when asked about what we need to be doing today, and as I, as I termed it, what we need to be doing to be prepared for my grandchildren to potentially take over. That's if I had any grandchildren, if you're listening, to <laughs> Nicole, uh, to, for our grandchildren to be taking over. Uh, and that is specifically uh, goal setting, having an attitude of adaptation and then investing in the future of our future leaders. So great stuff, Uh, Chief Emmons. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you for being with us. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today on Side Alpha Podcast. Join both Chief Emmons and I on FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com for the latest news and information affecting the fire service worldwide 24 hours a day. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.